0: So far so good. It's working. We're now back on Facebook. We had to create a brand new account, so anybody who uh, looks for us will have to look for us on Grace uh, Baptist. And so there's a brand new account. If you have Facebook, don't worry. We'll, we'll get everything rolling as we can. Make sure that we're ready to go. It's good to see everyone this morning. Uh, once again, like I said, we're on Facebook. The good news is the audio recordings that we've had were not affected so if you could only get us from the audio that's great as well Uh, that's all on our website we were able to get back on our website get that all taken care of so technology is a wonderful thing when it works. When it doesn't work, it's a frustrating thing. It's all get out. And so I pray the Lord will bless. One of the things that I will talk to some of the men of the church uh, will be about changing the password regularly. That's one of the best uh, ways you can help uh, ward off anyone hacking your system. And so uh, we'll talk about that here soon. We're not going to broadcast that so everybody knows about our business. I'd like for you to take your Bibles and let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. And then we're going to go over to Daniel chapter 11 right after that. So we've got a couple of readings we want to do this morning. And uh, I want us to see what the scripture teaches us as we're looking at uh, eschatology focusing on the wicked one. Now, I have gone ahead and I put the new uh, sheets on the back podium there, so if uh, anybody wants a copy of the notes, they can do so. But let's go to Second Thessalonians chapter 2, beginning of verse 1, and let's see what it says. Now, we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter from us, as the day of the Lord is at hand. Now, once again, the Apostle Paul writes at the moment, he writes as though the the timing of the Lord is at hand. Now, I, I really believe that the Apostle Paul, like us, was looking for the coming of the Lord. And I think even to the very end, when he passed from this life, he was anticipating that the Lord should return any moment. That's the way we all should be. Look at verse 3. "Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not, that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now ye know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who will now letteth will let, until he be taken out of the way. And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth, and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. So there's a lot that is already written in this particular passage about the one who is about to come. But I'd like for us to find out a little bit more about him. And if you will, let's turn to the book of Daniel and we're going to go to chapter 11. Now in chapter 11 of the book of Daniel, we find another sprinkling, if you will, and here we have a little bit longer reading, so I ask that you bear with me, but if we are going to understand everything about this one, we really need to understand who he is and where he comes from. Let's go down to verse 16, but he that cometh against him shall do according to his own will, and none shall stand before him and stand in the glorious land, which by his hand shall be consumed. Now this is speaking of Israel. This is speaking of Jerusalem. This is speaking of the land that he is going to set up as power. Look at verse 17. He shall also set his face to enter with the strength of his own king, his whole kingdom, and uh, frankness with him. He shall, uh, and thus shall he do, and he shall give him the daughters of women, uh, 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 corrupting her, but she shall not stand on his side, neither before him. After this shall he turn his face unto the isles, and shall take many, but the prince for his own behalf shall cause the reproach offered by him to cease without his own reproach. He shall cause it to turn upon him. Then he shall turn his face towards the fort of his own land, but he shall stumble and fall and not be found. Then shall stand up the estate of a raiser of taxes in the glory of the kingdom, but within few days he shall be destroyed, neither in anger nor in battle. And in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably, and I want you to write that down or underline that, he shall come in peaceably and obtain the kingdom by flatteries. This is referring to the Antichrist, how he's going to come in. And with the arms of the flood shall he, shall they be overflown from before him and shall be broken, yet also the prince of the covenant. And after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up with, uh, and shall be strong with the small people. He shall enter peaceably even upon the fattest places of the province, and he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his fathers' fathers. He shall scatter among them the prey and spoil and riches, yea, he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds even for a time. And he shall stir up his power and his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a great, very great and mighty army, but shall not stand, for they shall forecast devices against him. Yea, they that feed of the portion of the meat shall destroy him, and the army shall overflow, and many shall fall down, slain. And both These kings' hearts shall be to do mischief, and they shall speak lies at one table, but it shall not prosper, for yet the end shall be at a time appointed. Then shall he return unto his land with great riches, and his heart shall be against the holy covenant, and he shall do exploits and return to his own land. At that time appointed, he shall return and come toward the south, but it shall not be as the former or as the latter. For the ships of Shittim uh, shall come against him. Therefore he shall be grieved and return and have indignation against the holy covenant. So shall he do. He shall even return and have intelligence with them that forsake the holy covenant. And arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate." Now there again is referring to the Antichrist. And such do as wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many, yet they shall fall by the sword and the flame and the captivity and the spoil many days. Now when they shall fail, or when they shall fall, they shall be hoping with a little hope, or with a little help, and many shall cling to them with flatteries. And some of them of understanding shall fall to try them and to purge and to make them white even to the time of the end because it is yet for a time appointed. And the king shall do according to his will and he shall exalt himself and magnify himself above every god and shall speak marvelous things against the God of gods, and shall prosper until the ignatiation be com- accomplished. For that uh, that is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, for he shall magnify himself above all. If you want to underscore 37, we're going to really focus on that one as well. But in his estate shall he honor the God of forces, and the God whom his fathers knew not shall he honor with gold and silver and with precious stones and precious things. Thus shall he do in the most strongholds with a strange God, whom he shall acknowledge and increase with glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many and shall divide the land for gain. And the time of the end shall the king of the south push at him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots and with horsemen and with many ships, and he shall enter into his country and shall overflow and pass over. He shall enter also into the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape out of his hand, even Edom and Moab and the chief of the children of Ammon. And he shall stretch forth his hand upon also upon the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. But he shall have power over the treasures of gold, and over silver, and over the precious things of Egypt, and of Libya, and the Ethiopian shall be his steps. But tidings out of the east and out of the north shall trouble him. Therefore he shall go forth with great fury to destroy, and utterly to make me- away many. And he shall plant the tabernacles of his palace between the seas in the glorious holy mountain, and he shall come to his end, and none shall help him." I know it's a lot of reading, but again, if we're going to have a full understanding of what we're going to today by focusing on the wicked one, we have to understand the things that are given. So we want to focus upon these two points today, or these two passages of Scripture. Once again, there's going to be a lot that we're going to be discussing. How much we get through will be determined on time. But let's go to the Lord in prayer, and let's ask him for his help and his direction. Again, Lord, we want to thank you for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we know that very soon we shall see him. Lord, we see through a glass darkly, and we're only allowed to envision a little of these things. How much we'll be able to observe in this lifetime is yet to be determined. We have a limited understanding, but yet, Father, we try to teach the full context of the truth that you give us. And so the only way that we can do so, Father, is if you intervene by the direction of the Holy Spirit. And so for that reason, we call upon you to give us understanding and wisdom and direction that we might understand the things that you have for us, that we might apply them, and that you will need us and that you will bless us. So guide us, dear Father, and help us in all things, for it's in Christ we pray. Amen. One of the things that I have concluded as I have studied the Word of God is that it seems like every book has a little bit of prophecy in it. Now, I'm not just talking about the prophecy of the coming of the Messiah, or his birth, or his life, or his death, but even prophecy that pertains to the end times. I'll give you an example. In the book of Genesis, the promise was given to Abraham that they would possess a particular portion of land. And when you go back in and study it, at no time has Israel or any of uh, Abraham's descendants possessed all of this land. And yet it is a promise that is going to occur. I believe that. The same thing holds true with Exodus. Exodus points out that there has to be the coming, and even though we see the tabernacle that is pitched in the wilderness, as we shall see in the next passage, it will refer to Jesus as the one that we, we will preach when it comes to the gospel. And so every little book that we could go through, whether it's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, right onto the book of Revelation, every one of them is focusing upon the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, not only in his beginning, not only during his life, but also in his death and in the ending. Now with that in mind, One of the things that Paul points out, and again, I want us to hold the two passages of Scripture if we can, one here in Daniel, the other one in 2 Thessalonians, I want us to go to 2 Thessalonians and look very carefully at what is going to be said to them as well. Let's go ahead and look at our opening. The Apostle Paul was given special insight as to the wicked which shall come. Some of the New Testament writers spoke of the one to come as Antichrist. According to Paul, the Lord will not return until the wicked one is revealed, or at least a great falling away occurs first. We are already seeing a great falling away. Uh, And here's the thing I want to be careful of. Don't focus upon the United States of America as just the catalyst. America has been blessed. We truly have been blessed with the Word of God. And there's been many preaching, many, uh, if you will, many missionaries have come out, beginning with uh, Adram Judson and others that have gone forth into other parts of the world to preach the gospel. But we must remember also that in every aspect, America has been blessed. But America has also been a, been a country of great influence. Do you realize the influence of abortion was created because of America? Other countries actually have abortion because of two things. Number one, they believe the propaganda in which mankind has control over the elements. One of the the great arguments over abortion is that we are controlling the population so that we don't over-control, or we have an over-amount of the global warming that's coming up on the Earth. One of the reasons that they are fighting to get rid of fossil fuels is because we are creating this this terrible existence on the Antarctica. But here's the thing I want you to think about. There are 8 billion people upon this Earth, or close to 8 billion people. My math could be a little bit shady there. Whatever the billions are we have, Seventy-seven percent, if not more, of our bodies is water. Where does that water come from? And so when we drink water, we have to have water in us. I got a bottle of water sitting there that's refreshing. And you know, the the idea is, is that we need that water within us. And everybody is focusing on the the, the terrible collapse of the, the uh, glaciers that are in the north or that we are literally in this great heat wave. Well, this is not the first time we've ever had a heat wave. And God is in control. It's a matter of are we trusting God to be in control or are we thinking that man has control? i got news for you. Man has no control. We can't control the elements. We can't control the rotation of the earth. We can't control where the moon is placed. We can't control anything. And yet we are putting it in the minds of our children and we have educated them such that this world is billions of years of age and that because of ancient creatures, they have now passed away and man is in position right now, but eventually man is going to pass away as well. How many of you know that there is a, a TV show that's out there, The World After Man? How many of you have ever seen that? It's hogwash. It's on. It's literally on the History Channel. And went. What kind of history is this, except make believe? Because reality is, the earth was made, and the last creature that was placed upon this earth was Adam, and the command was given to Adam to fill the earth with him and his wife with us. That was a pure us that was given to Adam to populate the earth with. But in, in so doing, Adam has also populated the earth with wicked us. We are deceived. We are wicked. We are, we are just literally falling apart at the seams. I had someone say something to me the other day about, you know, Satan has been so good about uh, convincing us that, to do wrong in this, that, and the other. Let me stop there for a moment. It is our natural desire to see wickedness fulfilled in us. That's the natural part. You don't believe me? Go read Revelation chapter 20 when you begin to see how that, uh, when after Satan has been chained and that he is no longer in his presence, that man continues to do evil upon the earth. So much so that there will be a third war between God and Satan, and this time it's with wicked men. It amazes me how many times that people want to reject the message of Christ. And the message of Christ is over and over again preached, that being the gospel, and how that unless the Holy Spirit intervenes, those individuals that hear the gospel will never believe. And so, man left to his own devices will always be wicked. Let's continue on. According to Paul, the Lord will not return until the wicked one is revealed, or at least the falling away occurs first. It is with that in mind that we want to give ourselves over to the study of God's Word regarding Antichrist. There are three things that I want to focus on in this study. The falling away, the revealing of Antichrist, and the building of the temple. Let's begin by going to the book of Revelation. Hold your place in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. But in Revelation chapter 3, let us go down, if you will, to verse 20. And I want us to read what it says in verse 20. Now, this is the Laodicean church that this letter was written to. And I really, as I pointed out from the very beginning, I do believe that each church represents a dispensation of time. This is a closing. Look what it says in verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Who is this written to? This is not written to the lost, and so many Arminian preachers want to point out. This is written to the church. Do you realize that the Lord stands at the door and knocks because we are too busy with everything else that's under the sun that we don't want him to come in? I, I wonder if the Lord walked in through the doors right now, would we receive him or would we reject him? Case in point, there was a preacher that I heard this story about. I don't know that it's for a fact, but there's a story that a preacher dressed himself up as a hobo. And he came to the very front, he sat on the pew, and literally all the people that were around were just kind of looking down, this, this, this mangy looking individual. And when no one had given him, when it came time to preaching, everyone was looking around for the pastor, and I popped the whole bone, and he got it behind the pulpit, and he said, let's take a Bible, and so let's turn to the Scriptures. And people then became really ashamed of themselves, because the fact is that this individual had dressed himself up and was rejected of the populace because he was not written, he was not dressed up in finer clothing or finer wares, and people suddenly didn't want to listen to what this man had to say. Reality is this: COVID did nothing but prove to us what we have already known. What is faithful is faithful, what is not is not. Why aren't, uh, I mean, if we think about pre-COVID days, our churches were a little bit fuller than they are today. And it took churches the responsibility to say, we're going to make our stand and we're going to still continue on. Whether it was with the the Facebook accounts that we have now or whether it was some other means whereby we uh, had the preaching of the gospel, people had the opportunity. But here's where it, it feels kind of sad. Where it's kind of sad is that people have allowed the imaginations to occur that I don't need to go into the church building, I don't need to go to church. I can enjoy listening to the church in my home. That is the greatest fallacy of all, and here's the reason why. We need to assemble ourselves together, as is the promise that we are finding in Hebrews chapter ten, verse twenty-six. Assembling yourselves together, and you know, make sure that you do so for the manner of some, and I'm paraphrasing, is not to assemble together, and we should want to assemble together more as we see the day approaching. Now again, I messed up the interpretation or the the quote of that verse, but the reality is, as we begin to see the Lord's day of coming, we should also be very instrumental in saying that we're going to assemble ourselves together. Look what else it says. In verse 20 of Revelation chapter 3, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, anyone in the membership, can you imagine while I'm preaching the Word of God, Brother Randy stands up and goes, You know what? I think we ought to continue on the Word of God being preached tomorrow night. I think that would be something that would be amazing as the Holy Spirit gives the utterance to individuals. One of the great revival services that I was ever part of was when I was a boy and Again, the, the church was struggling over Armenianism versus election and all that things. But I remember that Brother Chet Joseph had preached the message. And that Sunday morning, there were, some, there were some individuals that were saved. That Sunday night, more people were saved. And Brother Chet said, I think we ought to have the entertained vote. That we continue on the services tomorrow night. Man, isn't it sad that we have to have a vote to continue on the services the next night? But again, it was there. And the next night, more people came in. And there were more people that were saved. And there was another vote, and more people were saved. This went on for about two weeks. Now, it is sad that we put the limit upon the Holy Spirit. When I was down in the pastor in Burnside, Kentucky, there was a little church called Salinas Baptist Church, and they had a a missionary come in. And he said, I don't know how many of you all are expecting revival, but I amongst us. That night many people were saved. Many were saved. And this went on for two weeks. And then Brother Brighton who was the pastor of the church stood up and said I think we ought to go on another week. And more Sunday school teachers how many of y'all remember the song Mississippi Squirrel? $10,000 for missions were raised and even the pastor and the deacons got saved. You know, I hate to go that far with it, but wouldn't it be sad if that was the case that we didn't really have faith, but we were acting as though we did? Notice again it says, and if any man will, open up, uh, will come and open the door, I will come to him and will sup with him and he with me to him that overcometh. And who is the overcomer? Those that have already received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. We preached on that last week. To him that overcometh will I grant to set with me in my throne. Do you realize the power of setting with Christ in glory? How many of us want that? You know, it's like this. Someone asked me the other day and I said, I'm a rich man. I said, My father has the cattle on the thousand hills," and, and he goes, Well, that's a fantasy. I said, No, that's scriptural. It's time we really believe that. I mean, I live in a positive I can go to work every day. God's given me great health. I can have the sweat running out of me, but I feel great that I get to continue to work even at my age. Not only that, but think about this. I get to enjoy coming into the house of God and preaching the gospel. I get to enjoy it. I don't know if you're enjoying it, but I am. And the real means is that when we come into the house of God, we should have more that, that he's going to bless. Look what else it says. Even as I also overcame and am set down in my father's hand, uh, father in his throne, and he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. I believe that we are given the great insight to not only open up God's Word, but to hear what it tells us. So when we open up our Bibles and we look at what it says in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, look what it says beginning once again in verses 1 and 2. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto Him, that you be not sin shaken in mind or be troubled, But I will say, COVID-19. it was the first time that an epidemic shut down. Nancy, who decided that she was going to have her hair done in California no matter what, and she did. And when we heard that our president had COVID, he took the uh, shots, or whatever, and he's been fine. Another saying is that they're checking all the other uh, medications and there can be some troubles with the heart or whatever. Here's the thing. Look what it says. Let no man deceive you. Why do we believe what the world has to say? In some remote part of the hills of Kentucky or West Virginia or up in the mountains somewhere else, I wonder how many people had never heard of COVID. Maybe there's some foreign country like in Africa. They never heard of COVID. By the way, do you realize that the last state to be affected by COVID was West Virginia? And there was one state, North Dakota, that never even allowed the shots to be taken. How many of y'all knew that? They said, we don't want it. And yet, here we are seeing people being deceived. I remember Brother Joe Collins writing a letter to the governor saying, we are going to sue you if you keep taking away our second our first, or I can't remember the First Amendment rights. You're keeping us from assembling ourselves together in the name that we are allowing the world. It my my statement is even so. Lord Jesus, come quickly, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. This is what scares me. Falling away does not just mean that we are seeing a falling away from doctrine. And I've heard that preached before, that there's going to be a falling away from doctrine. I believe it's a falling away from the assembling of ourselves together, as a matter of some is. You say, well, what do you mean by that? Do you realize most of us here today are a little bit older than than the norm? We have a few young folks in here. Brother Andy, you're the young folk, I guess, today. You or Brother Joe one you are probably the young folks. But isn't it sad that we don't have shoes full of children? In this isn't it sad? Man, that's just really terrible. The real- in here. Now, I understand this. You know, many people might turn around and say, well, you know, it's a sign of the times. I realize that there's going to be a great falling away, but we don't have to be one of them. What scares me more than anything, and I've talked to some of you as well, is if the day comes and we stand up and someone makes a motion that we should disassemble and take the name off. We have, facebook i mean we have every opportunity to reach others for christ to get them to come in and hear the word of god and yet the sad part is we assemble together but we don't have that many people that can come together it is during this time i want you to look at verse three again in second thessalonians notice what it says let no man deceive you by any means who is the great deceiver it's called the wicked one the antichrist For the day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed. So there's going to be a great falling away and we're going to see that man. He may not come to power. I, I don't believe he'll come to power. But I believe that when he comes, that he will come in such a way that we will already know who he is. Dennis and I were talking about this a little bit last night. And every age seems like that we've had this kind of circumstance. More than likely, what will happen is, as we turn around we'll say, well, how many of y'all remember when Henry Kissinger was being considered? Could he be the Antichrist? Henry Kissinger was Jewish. And so because he was Jewish, suddenly everybody paid attention to him. But he was also very old. It is my particular position that this man is going to come in young, handsome, vibrant, I mean everybody's going, to, oh look at him. I mean he's going to have more popularity than Elvis ever thought about having. And he is going to fit the bill for every earth. I want you to see this with me. And this is a little bit later on in my notes, but let's go back over to Daniel chapter eleven. And I want you to see verse thirty seven in a different light neither shall he regard the God of his fathers. In other words, he's not going to regard the one true God. But instead of referring to the one true God, he's going to make up his own Godship, proclaiming himself to be his God. Look what Noah says. Nor the desire of women. Do you realize, every turn around, we're seeing this attacked and attacked and attacked. I woke up last night, and this was on my mind. Why said, really? He said, man, when other men are around you, you're an alpha male. I said, no, I I don't see myself as an alpha male. But let's put it this way. Whether I am alpha or not, I should be ready to submit myself to the Lord God no matter what. And we don't see enough of that. look what it says here again. He shall not have the desire of women. Is he homosexual? I don't know. This woman is your pastor you're, you're following someone who's not following after God and he's absolutely right why is it that we you know, the, the, the church where he wrote the book God given life or fulfilled life whatever well he's no longer the pastor and that church is now deciding that they wanted a female pastor And you know the Southern Baptist Convention dismissed that church because they said, we will not allow. Let me tell you something, folks. I did not seek the office of a pastor. I did not desire to be the pastor. I never wanted it. But God, to the Lord about my own inability to the thing. I have a desire to preach the word of God and I should never let that down. Look what else it says in verse 37. Nor regard any God. In this world, we have many, many gods. We still do. We have many gods. And every time we turn around, we find some other Indian God or we find, and I'm talking about Indian with a dot, not with a feather. I find the Indian gods, we find the, the, the Arabian gods, we find the Chinese gods, we find all of them. But there's only one true God, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself. And that's what in the next part of the message is going to be, about the, about the magnificence of the gospel. For he shall magnify himself above all. So when we see this man come in and we are in a turmoil, we are ready to have someone come in and set everything straight. I, I saw another news report yesterday, and I don't know why I was privy to uh, allow to see this. How many of you all realize the war in Ukraine has gone on 500 days? 500 days. How many of you all know why the Ukrainian war is so important? It is so that Russia can attack Israel. How many of y'all know that? Russia needs that. And God, I believe, is withholding Russia until the appointed time that they will be able to overcome that particular region and then they will march with force. Do they need that force? No, because it speaks of their planes falling from the sky, if you will. The power... To an area. But how many of us believe the word of God? How many of us are trusting the word of God? How many know that the word of God is going to be ever so true? Yeah. Like I said, I knew that there was going to be. Mind you, there are some preachers with charisma to draw people to themselves, but this isn't always the case. History tells us otherwise. I know of a preacher that made this statement. He goes, I, I draw people like a magnet. What makes you think that you're that important. You're not important. Yes, God doesn't give you the importance. The reality is, is that if I am going to be the man of God that I should be, I should have a desire for Christ in all things. Here's how I want you to get this. It was during that the period that we know as the Dark Ages that true churches sought for a place of refuge. Why do you think the Albigenses went to the Alps? Why do you think the Policians and the Valdensians and the Valdensians still exist, they still exist, but we don't know of them that much, but they were hiding away Eventually the Catholics found them out and they brought many into prison, torture and even death. May I point this out to you? You should read the books, and I have some in my library, Fox's Book of Martyrs. That's one. But not only that, there's another book that you better not have it you better have a stomach for it. It's called The History of the Believers in the Piedmont Valley of the Alps. The torture. Can you imagine being stood up and all your kids beside you? And one by one they're gonna they're gonna commit murder on each one of the children unless you deny Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Not that you would believe in Mariolatry, not that you would accept infant baptism. No, no, no. That you would trust in Jesus Christ over the Pope. And every time the man would say, I don't believe it, they would kill a child. They would kill a child. And when they finally took his wife and then they would look at him and say, now what about you? I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Do your worst, for I shall know the best. May the Lord bless. And we're going to pick up here next week and we're going to see just how far along we can get. Lord, thank you again for your blessings. Now go with us, for it's in Christ we pray. Amen. We're dismissed.